Well, welcome to Markham Baptist Church on this glorious Sunday morning. If you have worshiped with us before, we're missing you in the sanctuary that's now closed because of COVID-19, but we're looking forward to the opportunity of worshiping and studying and fellowshipping together in the days ahead. If you've never been here, we invite you to come and join us sometime once the buildings open and this pandemic is behind us. But in the meantime, uh, keep watching us on YouTube and hit the subscribe button. And if you haven't found our website, we hope that you'll go there to MarkhamBaptistChurch.org and also to like us on Facebook. The psalmist says this, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. We're glad that today is a day of praise and an opportunity to join together in prayer, hoping in a God who knows and loves us dearly. Please, let's pray together. Almighty God, as we prepare to worship you today, we ask that you would stretch our imaginations to sense the mystery and majesty within these hours. Help us through Christ to find confidence in our living and in our praying and that hope would be our companion this day. We pray it in the name of the living Christ. Amen. As we head now into worship, reading scripture for us today, both in English and Spanish, will be the Valdez family. We have two musical pieces offered by Alyssa as well as Heidi, and you are a part of our time together. We hope you'll join us in our praying and listening to God's word as it comes to us today. Welcome again to Markham Baptist Church. When I consider what you have made, the mighty oceans, the fiery stars, the fields and forests give you praise, my Lord, my Oh, 
How many of you have ever actually taken the time to look at an ant, the way it moves? But could you imagine being that ant? That ant that's so small compared to everything else in the world around them. I don't know if any of you have actually seen the movie, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. But it's a movie where the dad is a scientist and as an experiment actually shrinks his kids to about the size of an ant and they actually travel through the garden and through the lawn to get back home. And they get to experience life as an ant. Sometimes when I look outside and I see an ant and I think how big I am, I also think about God. To me, God, I am an ant. I look up at the sky and I see how enormous how incredible, how miraculous, and how overwhelming God is to me. But for God, we are the ant. We are the person who is small and is tiny. But thanks to God, God blesses us with so much. So when we look at an ant, we just shove it away. We push it aside. Some kids even squish them. But how would we want God to react to us? We want God to be there for us. We want God to accept us and care for us and provide us with more beauty. So next time you see an ant, don't just push it aside or squish it. Be thankful for all that you've been given. Hey, guys. Um, so I hope you enjoyed my message. Check out Honey, I Shrunk the Kids on Disney+. Plus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the blessing that you have given to us today, for the beautiful sunshine and for the scenery behind me. Lord, we're so blessed with the world that you've given to us. And every time we take that time to stare at your beauty, we remember and see your face. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together in worship and may our hearts and minds and just bodies be open to the word that Craig has to share with us this morning. Lord, we thank you. We also ask for your healing touch and your comfort on those who need it during this time, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Por eso yo, por mi parte, desde que me enteré de la fe que tienen el Señor Jesús y del amor que demuestran por todos los santos, no ha dejado de dar gracias por ustedes al recordarlos en mis oraciones. Pido que el Dios de nuestro Señor Jesucristo, el Padre glorioso, les dé el espíritu de sabiduría y de revelación para que lo conozcan mejor. Pido también que les sean iluminados los ojos del corazón para que sepan a qué esperanza Él los ha llamado, cuál es la riqueza de su gloriosa herencia entre los santos. Y cuán incomparable es la grandeza de su poder a favor de los que le creemos. Ese poder es la fuerza grandiosa y eficaz que Dios ejerció en Cristo cuando le resucitó de entre los muertos y lo sentó a su derecha en las regiones celestiales. Muy por encima de todo gobierno y autoridad, poder y dominio, y de cualquier otro nombre que se invoque, no solo en este mundo, sino también en el venidero. 
Dios lo sometió todas las cosas al dominio de Cristo y lo dio como cabeza de todo a la iglesia. Esta, que es su cuerpo, es la plenitud de aquel que lo llena todo por completo. Esta, Esta es, la es la palabra del, del Señor. Señor. Demos gracias, gracias a Dios. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know the what is the hope to which he has called you, where the riches of his glorious ignorance among the saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe? According to the working of his great power, God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all the rules and authorities and power and dominion and about every name that is named not only in this age but also in the age to come and he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all this, this is the, the word of, of the lord, lord. Thanks be to God.
There's all kinds of uh, greetings we give one another. Obviously now a lot of people are saying, I hope you're keeping safe or well, and that uh, obviously uh, is a hope that we're not involved in anything related to coronavirus. Uh, there are some other awkward greetings that I've received at times. I can think of one in particular. Uh, one Sunday, uh, a person came up to me and said, boy, you're looking so much better than you were last week. I wasn't sure how to take that, whether it was a compliment or that I actually looked horrible the week before. But imagine if you and I were greeted with these words. I have heard of your faith in the Lord and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I don't cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. Can there be a more affirming way to be welcomed, to hear someone greet us than with those words, to, to have a reputation for our faith in Christ and our love, our sincere love for others? Paul's gratitude for the church in Ephesus and for those who were part of that congregation flows over into a prayer for them. It's a chorus of prayer and praise, actually. He says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him. What a beautiful way to live, to be attuned to the witness of faith in others and to actually affirm each other for the sincerity of their faith and their prayers and, and their love for one another. Would not these be among the chief characteristics we would want others to see in our lives, for them to recognize the sincerity of our love in our witness of faith in Jesus Christ? In a book of sermons published by Yorkminster Park Baptist Church, in the introduction portion, former minister, the Reverend Dr. John Gladstone, had this to say when talking about the indispensable value of the Christian church and its witness as servants of Jesus Christ. He writes, anyone who tries to be a Christian alone gets to be a very odd Christian. And then he shares this confession, something that perhaps you and I would join him in quite naturally. He said, the church is imperfect in its obedience. Those of us who love it most know what it is to hang our heads in shame. We who are the church are justified sinners, stumbling along always atrociously unlike Christ. We are being saved. Admittedly, the church is not perfect, not by a long shot. And yet without the church, without that community, where would we be? Perhaps very odd and very strange. I was reading yesterday about a nurse who broke with the rules of the hospital she was working in. She was caring for a patient that was struggling against the virus. It was an elderly individual, and it was a woman who was declining in health almost daily. The woman faced a challenge, a great challenge, not just because of the virus that had taken hold of her, but because of something that had not taken hold of her human touch. She was feeling a loss of connectedness, a sense of disconnect with family and with friends who were unable to approach and give her what would be so natural for her to receive or to even give a hug in return. The nurse risked 
a reprimand by her boss by leaning in on one particular day and putting her arms around this elderly patient and just embracing her with a loving hug. She was wearing all of her personal protective equipment, but she continued to just hold her in that loving embrace and the tears flowed both from the nurse and from the patient. It was a medicine of another kind. It was another kind of healing. To love and be loved certainly is at the core of what it means to be human. The church is that place and people charged by Jesus Christ with the opportunity to administer healing and hope to one another. To people who are going through discouraging, disconnected times and feeling broken or separated, feeling a deep sense of hurt from the world around them. And for us to know that not just the hurt, but the possibility of healing for our own lives. Henry Nouwen talks about the wounded healer and how each one of us, despite our wounds, are actual vehicles of grace and healing to one another. I suspect at least part of the reason why Paul or whoever writes in Paul's name composed this letter to the church in Ephesus um, does so is because he wants them to experience firsthand this hope and this healing through Jesus Christ. He wants them to discover firsthand what it means to, to be in relationship with a living Christ and powerful God. Here's what he says. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, and that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. Hope for Paul is bound up in that living relationship with Jesus Christ. We are absolutely unable to experience it otherwise, to experience this living, lasting hope without a relationship and being connected through faith with Jesus Christ. In Christ alone, we have this new breath of life breathed into us. Through Christ alone in the community that is birthed because of his spirit alive in us, we have the opportunity to be held by one another in this living hope. Hope asks us to open ourselves in times when we don't know what's coming down the road, to open ourselves what we cannot know, and yet to pray all the while for illumination, illumination of mind and heart. Hope invites us to imagine what is beyond our imagining. Hope brought to us through a relationship with Christ helps us to bear what otherwise might be unbearable. Hope calls us to breathe deeply beyond the loss of our beloved friends and family members. It invites us to turn toward one another, even at the very times we might be tempted to simply run away. The author and artist Jan Richardson suggests that hope draws our eyes and our hearts toward a more whole future, but that it also propels us into the present where Christ waits for us to work with him toward a more whole world right now.
We need this hope today. We need this opportunity to be held by a power greater than our own, a God that knows what the future will entail, to be held in his arms and to embrace, be embraced by his love, even as we struggle or struggle to know what to say to others who are experiencing times that perhaps we may or may not be going through ourselves. Hope is brought about through the gift of faith, of course. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, says the author of Hebrews. It's the conviction of things that are not seen. Hope is not something that we can have outside of faith. It's not something we can produce ex nihilo, out of nothing at all. In other words, it's something we only have through Christ. It can't be ours absent Christ or in the absence of his church, the community of the committed, as Elton Trueblood loved to call it. This hope, this, this living, lasting hope, comes through faith by seeing things through the eyes of the heart. Look at a young child through the eyes in your head only. And what you'll likely see is a small person with a certain color of hair wearing a particular outfit struggling to stand up. But look at that same child through the eyes of the heart and something else will come to mind. Something else will be in vision. Perhaps you'll see the impact that child will make upon the world in the future. Perhaps you'll see in them values that are developing and growing steadily day by day that will impact the lives of the people around him as he grows. That through his learning and his insights, through his personality and values, but in particular through his ability to express the love that he himself has received by knowing Jesus Christ, he will give it then to the world and help others to grow up to be loving and people of character and truth. And so Paul writes, God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. Nothing we are facing today will ever defeat the power of God. Nothing that might ever frighten us will ever shackle his Christ. And nothing that we face today or in the future will ever enslave his church. Listen to this affirmation of faith by Clifford Black, who is professor of biblical theology at Princeton University. He says, if Christ is king then Christians are not helpless victims. We are conduits of Christ's immeasurably redemptive power. Looking through the eyes of the heart, I'm praying for you today, that you will experience the love Christ has for you and the power that God is prepared to offer you as you face the challenges you head into this week. I'm praying for you that that hope that comes through the living Christ will be the gift of faith to you this day. And that having received it, you may actually be motivated to go into the world and the relationships that you have and to share it with everybody you meet up with. And may God motivate you to continue to grow in his favor 
and to share his love and to be blessed by the power of the living God. Would you join me in prayer now? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for creating this day and placing it before us to appreciate and to enjoy and live into. Thank you for inviting us into a spirit of gratitude for life and all the things that we're seeing now beginning to bloom and blossom. What a helpful reminder that you're Lord of all seasons, not just spring and summer and the seasons of our world, but in the spring and summer months of anticipation and joy and laughter, as well as in the autumn months, the winter moments of heartache and struggle. Help us, O oh God, to trust you, to turn to you in all the seasons that we're living in, especially this one, one often filled with the kind of waiting that tires the mind and wearies the soul. O oh Lord, give us strength to endure these long days brought about by covid Grant us the imagination that will lift us toward images of hope and guide us to right action and living well. Bless those that we know and those we don't who may be facing difficulties that we ourselves may not be. For strained family or marital relationships, we pray. For stressed out parents or anxious business owners. For disappointed children or frustrated youth for isolated seniors and all those who may be facing loneliness. Bring to our vision the things that make for life, that we might look for them with the eyes of our heart and that we may be given them through the gift of faith. Redeem our days, O oh God, and help us to learn whatever is needed so that we can help make tomorrow a place where the compassion of Christ lives and divine love is practiced and known where peace is waged by every Christ follower and faithful servant of you. For it's in your name that we pray. In your name we live. Amen. May this week surprise you with moments of joy. May your eyes be opened and your mind illuminated by the unseen God who knows the way even though you do not see it. May you experience hope through the living Christ. And because of that, may God grant you progress and joy in the faith. Amen.
And it's not too long before 